your host, Scott Singer. You are now tuned into Biofuels Daily. It is Thursday, December 12th. Just like a bowl of frosted flakes, today's stories are great. <clears throat> Our first story today comes out of Washington, D.C. Today, Growth Energy, the nation's largest ethanol association, hailed the announcement of a long-awaited deal on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement also known as the USMCA on trade. The USMCA modernizes the previous trade pact, strengthens the trade relationship between these North American nations, and provides critical market access for U.S. agriculture. Following the announcement, Growth Energy CEO Emily Score issued a statement in support of USMCA. This is welcomed news for U.S. agriculture and biofuel producers across North America, said Score. We have a rich history of trade with Mexico and Canada, and the USMCA strengthens that vital economic bond between our three nations. This is no easy feat, so we thank our champions in Congress and the administration for their tireless efforts to secure its approval and for pursuing much-needed economic opportunities for rural Americans. The USMCA provides additional market access and trade opportunities for U.S. biofuel and its co-products. Mexico's move toward implementing a 10% blend of ethanol nationwide could deliver a potential new market of one2 billion gallons for US producers. Canada is the US second Canada is the US's second largest ethanol export market, accepting 347 million gallons in 2018. The Canadian market has the potential to increase materially over the next 10 years due to changes in both federal and provincial policy, including pushes by Ontario and Quebec to move to a 15% ethanol blend. Additionally, Mexico is the US's largest dried distillers grains or DDG's export destination with over 2 million metric tons shipped in 2018. Canada was our seventh largest export destination for DDG's with 664,000 metric tons in 2018 and is on track to be the fifth largest export destination in 2019. Our second story of the day comes out of the EU. The European Commission today presented the European Green Deal a roadmap for making the EU's economy more sustainably more sustainable by turning climate and environmental challenges into opportunities across all policy areas and making the transition just and inclusive for all. Pres- President Ursula von der Leyen said, The European Green Deal is our new growth strategy for a growth that gives back more than it takes away. It shows how to transform our way of living and working, of producing and consuming, so that we live healthier and make our businesses innovative. We can all be involved in the transition and we can all benefit from the opportunities. We will help our economy to be a global leader by moving first and moving fast. We are determined to succeed for the sake of this planet and life on it, for Europe's natural heritage, for biodiversity, for our forests and our seas. By showing the rest of the world how to be sustainable and competitive, we can convince other countries to move with us. Executive Vice President Franz Timmermans added, We are in a climate and environmental emergency. The European Green Deal is an opportunity to improve the health and well-being of our people by transforming our economic model. Our plan sets out how to cut emissions, restore the health of our natural environment, protect our wildlife, create new economic opportunities, improve the quality of life of our citizens. We all have an important part to play, and every industry and country will be part of this transformation. Moreover, our responsibility is to make sure that this transition is a just transition that nobody is left behind as we deliver the European Green Deal. The European Green Deal provides a roadmap with actions 
to boost the efficient use of resources by moving to a clean, circular economy and stop climate change, revert biodiversity loss, and cut pollution. It outlines investments needed and financing tools available and explains how to ensure a just and inclusive transition. The European Green Deal covers all sectors of the economy, notably transport, transport, energy, agriculture, buildings, and industries such as steel, cement, ICT, textiles, and chemicals. To set into legislation the political ambition of being the world's first climate-neutral continent by 2050, the Commission will present within 100 days the first European climate law. To reach your climate and environmental ambition, the Commission will also present the Biodiversity Strategy for 2030, the New Industrial Strategy and Circular Economy Action Plan, the Farm to Fork Strategy for Sustainable Food and Proposals for Pollution-Free Europe. Work will immediately start for upping Europe's 2030 emissions targets, setting a realistic path to the 2050 goal. Meeting the objectives of the European Green Deal will require significant investment. Achieving the current 2030 climate and energy targets is estimated to require 260 billion euros of additional annual investment, <clears throat> representing about 1.5% of 2018 GDP. This investment will need the mobilization of the public and private sectors. The Commission will present in early 2020 a Sustainable Europe Investment Plan to help meet investment needs. At least 25% of the EU's long-term budget should be dedicated to climate action and the European Investment Bank. Europe's Climate Bank will provide further support. For the private sector to contribute to financing the green transition, the Commission will present a green financing strategy in 2020. Fighting climate change and environmental degradation is a common endeavor, but not all regions and member states start from the same point. A just, a just transition mechanism will support those regions that rely heavily on very carbon-intensive activities. It will support the citizens most vulnerable to the transition, providing access to reskilling programs and employment opportunities in new economic sectors. In March 2020, the Commission will launch a climate pact to give citizens a voice and role in designing new actions, sharing information, launching grassroots activities, and showcasing solutions that others can follow. The global challenges of climate change and environmental degradation require a global response. The EU will continue to promote its environmental goals and standards in the UN's Biodiversity and Climate Conventions and reinforce its green diplomacy. The G7, G20, international conventions, and bilateral relationships will be used to persuade others to step up their efforts. The EU will also use trade policy to ensure sustainability and it will build partnerships with its neighbors in the Balkans and Africa to help them with their own transitions. The Commission invites the European Parliament and the European Council to endorse the Commission's ambition for Europe's future economy and the environment and to help realize it. The Commission will bring forward the measures announced in the European Green Deal Roadmap. Climate change and environmental degradation present an existential threat to Europe and the world. To overcome this challenge, Europe needs a new growth strategy that transforms the Union into a modern, resource-efficient, and competitive economy where there are no net emissions of greenhouse gases by 2050, where economic growth is decoupled from resource use, and where no one and no place is left behind. The European Union already has a strong track record in reducing its emissions of greenhouse gases while maintaining economic growth. Emissions in 2018 were 23% lower than in 1990, while the Union's GDP grew by 61% in the same period. But more needs to be done. The EU, given its extensive experience, is leading the way in creating a green and inclusive economy. 
The Green Deal communication sets the path for action in the months and years ahead. The Commission's future work will be guided by the public's demand for action and by undeniable scientific evidence as demonstrated most comprehensively by the IPCC, IPBES, Global Resources Outlook, and EEA SOER 2019 reports. Our proposals will be evidence-based and underpinned by broad consultation. An overwhelming majority of Europeans consider that protecting the environment is important at 95%. Almost 8 in 10 Europeans, 77%, say that protection of the environment can boost economic growth. The results of the Eurobarometer survey concerning environmental attitudes of EU citizens confirm the wide public support for environmental legislation at EU level and EU funding for environmentally friendly activities. <coughs> Our third and final story today comes out of China. Ethylene or ethene is a primary feedstock for the chemical industry, including as a starting material for the production of a wide variety of plastics. In the journal Anguadenti Chemi, scientists have now introduced a new electrochemical technique for selective and energy efficient production of ethylene from carbon monoxide, which can be obtained from renewable resources and waste. From both economic and environmental points of view, the conversion of carbon monoxide into ethylene by energy efficient methods is a key process for use of non-petrochemical raw materials. Today, ethylene is typically produced by steam cracking of naphtha derived from petroleum refineries. In this process, long chain hydrocarbons are split into shorter chains at 800 to 900 Celsius. Alternatively, ethylene can be produced from synthesis gas, a mixture of carbon monoxide and hydrogen obtained from coal gasification, though it can also be obtained from biogas, wood, and waste as carbon sources. The Fischer-Tropsch process can be used to convert synthesis gas into a mixture of hydrocarbons, including ethylene. The disadvantages of this method are the energy-intensive conditions of 200 to 250 Celsius, 5 to 50 bar of pressure, and the consumption of valuable hydrogen. In addition, a maximum of 30% of the products are the preferred C2 hydrocarbons, ethylene and ethane. Formation of longer chains cannot be prevented. The process for separating out ethylene is complex, and 30 to 50% carbon monoxide and CO2 is also produced, which is an undesired emission and represents a waste of carbon. Researchers working with Dihui Dang at Zeeman University and the Dalian Institute of Chemical Physics of the Chinese Academy of Sciences have now introduced a new approach for a direct electrocatalytic process for the highly selective production of ethylene. In this method, carbon monoxide is reduced with water at room temperature and standard pressure using a copper catalyst and electric current. By optimizing the structure of their gas diffusion electrode, the researchers were able to achieve an unmatched Faradaic efficiency Charge transfer efficiency with an electrochemical reaction of 52.7% and they cracked the 30% limit for CO2 selectivity. No carbon monoxide or CO2 emission occurs. The success of the approach hinges on a microporous layer of carbon fibers with an optimally tuned hydrophobicity which acts as a support for catalytic active copper particles and an optimized potassium hydroxide concentration in the aqueous phase. 
This increases the carbon monoxide concentration at the electrode and increases coupling between the carbon atoms. The side products of this reaction, ethanol, n-propanol, and acetic acid are liquids, allowing for easy separation of gaseous ethylene. So, let me know what you thought about today's podcast and send me an email to biofuelsdaily at gmail.com. Lastly, if you could please subscribe to my podcast and leave a rating, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and remember to always go green.